Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Cindy and Joe's show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And this is Between the Whistles, Detroit, presented by Wild Bill's Tobacco. And you can go visit them across this whole state. They got locations pretty much everywhere. And they have everything that you need. Including nice cigars. So when you need to take a take a breather, after you just beat the crap out of someone like Dylan Larkin did, go do it. Or if you like to chew tobacco, like Joe does here on the show. Yes. Just outed him there. Jenna's not going to be happy. <laughs> and for your regular old smoking tobacco, they've got it all. Go yeah. see Wild Bills. Oh, for sure. So we're talking about the Red Wings. Yes. And most people are kind of, you know, last time we recorded this show, we did the season preview, and little did we know that shit would go down in the first game. But where, how awesome was that? Well, I was there, and it was a great game to be at. Obviously, my girl, I'm so jealous. Yeah, obviously, it was my girlfriend's first game, so this. She was actually in the moment. She was like, oh, this is awesome. There was so much action going on. But, like, the reality of the situation was I couldn't believe the drawback that Larkin got for defending himself. Well, that doesn't even make any sense. He did exactly what he needed to do. Dylan Larkin did exactly what he should have been doing for years now. It, it, I, I say kudos to him. He showed up. I agree, but there's people that were calling the you know the radio stations in Detroit, nice and one, all of them insane. You know, I don't know why, but like he shouldn't. That's not what a captain does. And like, you know, Chris Chelios was on uh, Inside Hockey Town yesterday on nice and one a ticket, and he said that you know Mark Messier was telling him, you know one time he was slashing Stevie Y, and Stevie Y he slashed Stevie Y for the last time because Stevie Y got slashed for the last time. And Mark Messier got Stevie Y's fist in his face, and he never did it again because it set a precedent. So Dylan Larkin, what he did was what captains do. Like, he took ownership of the situation. He took, you know, he, he policed himself. You know, obviously the NHL is not going to give a game misconduct to a guy who just checks someone on the board, which is, which is the most dangerous play in sports. Right. Like, it's, it's almost as bad as, a defenseless receiver in football. Like, if you hit someone in the head, like, it could be really, really detrimental. And when we're talking hockey, the boards in your head, they don't go well together. Yeah, no, not supposed to be, no. Unsportsmanlike at best. And But Dylan Larkin, I believe, exhibited the attributes of a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, he did what people have been wanting to see from yep. him. He started to show some, uh, you know, energy. He's showing some... Um, you know, support for his guys out there. And, you know, he came to play as a team player. You know, Dylan Larkin has often been 
sometimes I should say criticized is, you know, he's out for himself. Dylan's only out for Dylan Larkin. I've even been guilty of even saying that from time to time. I hey, haven't. Dylan, you know, I uh, you know you haven't. But I, I was kind of thinking, oh, maybe he's just a little selfish. Maybe he was, you know, maybe not quite um, exhibiting those leadership uh, attributes. But he, I will stand corrected. I will stand happily to tell you Dylan Larkin did exactly what leaders do and what Dylan Larkin should have been doing. And I, bravo, Dylan. I was glad to see you show up, show more of that. And we're looking at a, at a, at a playoff spot at least. And uh, you're looking at a future Stanley Cup champion if he keeps that keeps that up. Well, you know, it was interesting because our best, one of our good friends of the podcast, Darren, was doing the in, in-game intermissions or whatever. Yeah. Which I was gonna say hi, but there were so many people that would come up to him because you know he's a he's a fan favorite. Of course. And um, so but I liked what he said. You know, he said that like, you know, the Red Wings when they went on their run, they had their little claim the stake moment. You know, they had their claim the stake moment when when Draper got knocked his head into by Claude Lemieux. Darren took ownership of the situation and kicked his ass in the next game. Right. Don't set the precedent like that. We're not going to be pushed around. And you could see it now, you know, even with against Vancouver, like, they're playing physical. Like, I've never seen this team play physical. Like, it's a total new game. Which is perfect because what have we been saying on the Cindy and Joe show here for months now? They have to get more physical. They have to get more physical. That's who Detroit is. That's their identity. Yep. And this is going to go a great ways to establishing, reestablishing the Detroit identity with the Detroit Red Wings. So the fact that they've gotten physical and look at the results of that physicality. Be, Six goals. Yeah, and they've got, Six goals. they've got three points in two games. There you go. And so. so obviously it's working because the finesse approach that they had before was not working for them. So I'm so glad they recognized it, and I'm glad they came out of the gate setting the tone. And I think it makes for, if nothing else, a very exciting season to watch. And I personally cannot wait to see more from the Detroit Red Wings. This is an exciting team. I think one, I think one of the most exciting parts is more cider. You know, we – I've been, we both have been fans of Cider, and one of the things I, we can say is he does not look like a 19-year-old rookie. He does not. Like, right. the things that he's doing, like, like when he made that, when he was playing Tampa Bay and he, he kept the puck in the zone on the power play, that was absolutely amazing because you're not really used to that, you know, with the defenseman, but he, he kept the puck in the zone and he started he started a scoring chance, and that's what you want from your, 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 uh, your rookie. And he's only going to get better. Yeah, and just it's just the reality, and he's a physical presence. But I think one of the things that we we we're not we haven't talked about yet is uh, Lucas Raymond. You know, Lucas Raymond's not getting on score sheet right now, but what his yeah. what he's doing is he's playing a total complete defensive game. He's the puck he took away from Quinn Hughes on Saturday, right? Was that was textbook Pavel that suit the way he lifted his stick and then he took the puck away from him. I mean, if you're asking me what you want your rookies to look like, you want your rookies to look like Cider and Raymond. And, you know, that's the correct – you know, people always say the eyes are playing, the eyes are playing, the eyes are playing. I think you're seeing what the eyes are playing really is because these guys that are coming up, they're ready to play. Like, they're ready to play. Like, yeah. people, people, you know, clamoring for Valeno or Bergen to come up. These – Raymond and Cider are just ready to play. And I think, I think, I think people that are – touting the Eisner plan and saying like, oh, we, we haven't seen much yet, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's what it is. 
Well, and I don't know if it was planned or not, but guess who else showed up to play? And he knew he needed to make a statement. There was a lot of uh, discussion and uh, whether or not Tyler Bertuzzi was going to come back, if the surgery was successful, mm-hmm. uh, if he could be counted on. You had the old issue with the vaccination yep. status, which I think may not be an issue so much because courts are starting to rule opposite, and I think that you're going to see a tide there turning. So maybe Tyler knows something we don't, but... Whether it was by design Listen, I don't know, or by accident, I don't, Joe. I don't know what got into him because the plays that he was making. Yeah. Like I was, I, I like, I, I didn't like the, what the decision that Bertuzzi made. But let's look at the reality. The reality is playing his best hockey of his life. Yep. And if he kept this up, not well, he's not gonna score five goals every t- two games. No, but, but you know what? He 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 set the tone. He he made a statement. Yeah, yeah. Tyler Bertuzzi, that was a statement game for him. Yeah. And good for him because he needed to make that statement well, because there was way not, too much. Not, not only that, but you you're coming off injury. Yeah. So like, if you're coming off injury, I need you to make a statement saying like, okay, we need to do this because I want to kind of put my best foot forward. And I, I thought Bertuzzi played a great game. And it wasn't just the goals, but it was the defense and, and the physicality. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that you would love, you love seeing, and especially when Raymond got checked and Bertuzzi went right after the guy who checked Raymond. I mean, that's that's a game within the game. And that was right after Larkin got sent out of the game. And you, you could tell it was kind of like a team bonding experience when Larkin got sent out of the game. Yeah, oh, absolutely. No, I think that that was great for the morale. And I think that Tyler Bertuzzi made a statement. I think Mo Sider played up to expectations exactly what we expected to see from Mo Sider. So here's what I liked about the Red Wings in the first two games of the season is that you had guys showing up. You had Dylan Larkin doing exactly what Dylan Larkin should have been doing, and he set aside some of the criticisms they've had on him. Tyler Bertuzzi laid to rest, and he – doubts or mm-hmm. concerns people had about his ability to perform and an ability to get gritty. And you had the the rookies showing up as expected, playing up to the expectations and living up to the hype. Those are three very, very important elements that we saw in, these, in the first two games of this season with the Red Wings. Yeah, and obviously there's some things that they need to clean up, like the puck possession and, sure. the, and the shots on goal. But, you know, I think what you like out of this is it's a young team. And they have played two really good teams to start out of the gates, and they have handled them as well as you could you would think that they could handle them. Yeah. I mean, Vancouver is a playoff team, right? Right. Uh, you have to think that they're a playoff team with the roster that they have. Yeah. And then you look at Tampa Bay. I mean, now that Kucherov is hurt, torn growing, he's going to be out for a while. That's a shame. That's a big. That's he's a, one of my favorites, that's, honestly. That's, that's he's a, not a wing. That's a big loss, but yeah. you know, they're still a Stanley Cup contender. They have tons of talent on that team. Yeah, oh yeah. So when you're keeping taste with those guys, you know, when you start getting to the bottom of the East, like the Buffalo Sabers and all that, you know, you can start to kind of you should rack up those as wins. It, the Rebels always play the tough teams tough. In the, in, so tonight when they play Columbus, I think that will be the game. You know, you got that's kind of a barometer game of do they play down their competition, you know? Right. I think that's the problem with the Rebels in the past couple of years is they see a team like Columbus come on the schedule and they're like, oh, we can take it easy and they get their, they get their ass kicked. But I think that they need to definitely clean up the shots on goal because they can't sustain all this, the shots on goal. Yeah, and they've got to keep the pressure up. That's true. They have to stay consistent. They have to keep the pressure up. But I'll tell you what, someone else who you've got to give an honorable mention to who showed up to play and I think was making a statement of his own, and that's Tom Scrice. He definitely made a statement in that second game, especially after Nadelkovic had some challenges. 7-0-3 in his last 10 games. Yeah, yeah, I I think he was making a statement. 
Thomas Grace, for everyone, everyone wants to say, like, you know, Thomas Grace, Thomas Grace. Thomas Grace is a hell of a goaltender. And he played really good in uh, New York with the Islanders. And he played good with the San Jose back in the day. Like, he's a very, very good goaltender. So I think someone like uh, Nadalkovich can learn a lot from a guy like Thomas Grace, who is a solid goaltender. No, no question about it. And I think you're seeing also the fruits of the labor of uh, bringing on um, uh, the uh, coach, the former uh, Avalanche. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think Alex Tange, you can really see where he's making an impact with the Detroit and Red Wings. You know, yeah. you give everyone gives Blashill flack for you know the, his his thing, but he knew that there was a, a deficiency on his staff, and he went out and got a guy who was very very excellent on that that. Now, yeah. Alex Tange was a very, very key guy on the Colorado Avalanche's power play. And you can kind of see what they want to model after. You know, they kind of go after kind of like a, a Boston-type um, power play where they're, they're, they're always cycling the puck and then they're looking for the open man. And when there's not an open man, they're just shooting at the net. I mean, that's how, that's how you win games. That's how Detroit Red Wings won Stanley Cups because Nick Litchum or Rafalski, they would fire the puck at the net and see what happens. You know, usually Thomas Holmstrom was in front to deflect the puck. That's what. That's how you win the close games, you know. I love what I'm seeing from the Detroit Red Wings so far. I can't wait to see more. We'll see you on the next up, uh, segment of Between the Whistles as we talk about the Lions and their depressing. Uh, they're just depressing. On the other side of the coin. Uh, <laughs> we, go from, we go from happy Heads to... Heads to tails there. We, we go from happy to sad. Yeah. We'll see you in the next segment.